0: A really good. Do you know Raquel Galinsky? Of course, I know Raquel Galinsky. Okay, so she's on the comedy club board and she sent. She's doing stand up tomorrow night and she was kind of worried about it, so I was like, here, why don't you send me your routine and maybe I can give you some notes. So I noticed in the beginning she wanted to talk about icebreakers, so I thought about it and I wrote her this amazing joke about icebreakers, and I don't know if
1: she'll do it because it's like very like PG 13. Ooh. But it kind of goes. What's, what's the general vibe of the comedy club? Is it, is it like PG?
0: So it, there isn't really any rules. We never kind of, it's kind of like whatever I, like we pretty much kind of have like a no profanity rule, but very unofficial. Like just no one's done any real profanity. Got I don't know it. how we'd nobody's, react. Nobody's even like broached the subject. We had like one kid said the word ass one time and it was like, haha, but I don't. But we haven't ha- ever had a conversation about like, what you are or not allowed to say, what topics you are lo- or
1: are, or are not allowed to joke about. Because from, from some of the, the content that I heard you saying the other day, dude, that's, that's not PG. <laughs> no, so I think,
0: I think we're probably going to settle on PG-13. Okay. I think you, know, you can make references, but you can never talk about it directly. Okay, and in, in a way that
1: enhances the comedy because it's implicit. Yes, this is good. That was a good, a good <laughs> podcast. Yeah,
0: I hear. Like I would never have a joke where it's about like two people having sex, but I would definitely have a joke where I reference sex.
1: Yeah. I, I totally, I totally hear, hear the difference because it, it, comedy is at its essence taking things that are not meant to be connected and connecting them. Yeah. So if you're too direct, then it kind of loses its, its Kind of hear the noises effect. coming from the bedroom, but we're not
0: opening the door. Yeah! Like the <laughs> yeah!
1: Yeah. exactly. But the
0: joke I told for her was what you should do is you should say like, you know, everyone thinks that icebreakers are these innocuous questions, but they're not. They're these traps. They make you think it's like meaningless, low stakes. That's not true. Favorite cereal, for example. Right? <laughs> Let's say you say you like, like if you're, so Raquel's a girl, so the joke is from the perspective of a girl, but you say you like Raisin Bran, right? That means you're Shomer Nagia, you're old fashioned. <laughs> Rice Krispies means you're in a white dude's. Cocoa Puffs, you're in a black dude's. Honey Nut Cheerios, lesbian. Che- <laughs> Regular Cheerios, lesbian and diabetic. <laughs> it's because of the circles. Oh my god. And gosh. I don't know if she'll say it, because I think that's genius. Amazing, but it's I don't know. genius. That's my icebreaker <laughs> joke. And so I told her, because I, I sent it to her, and then two hours later I was like, this is too good. So I was like, I'm giving you this for that night. <laughs> you can't use it again. And when people come up and say, "Oh my God, that joke is amazing!" Like you have to reference me because <laughs> that, that was too good. Oh, that, that's a quality content right that's there. That's a good joke. Yeah, yeah. that's, that's, that's some great
1: stuff. <sighs> that wow. one was what I. That was pretty much all I did today. Was I thought, like, <laughs> joke, and, um, So I, I'm curious. Can like, are, are you going to be performing? Yo, one hundred percent. Okay, awesome. Can we get a sneak peek of yeah. some, some sort of material? Yeah, no, sure. I mean, besides, when is this going to show this to people? By the time this, this is probably going to be out after the comedy club. All right, great. So,
0: I mean, it'll be repeating jokes I've already heard. Which, <laughs> uh, then I don't mind doing a sneak peek. I don't want to give away, like, some of my better ones. But, yeah. So we can talk about my stand-up thing
1: and his TikTok. Or do, and... or do you, you want to talk about, um like, what, what's your methodology? How do you create funny things? Jokes? Uh, yeah. Okay. I, 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 I don't want to say jokes, because I feel like jokes have a much more, like, concrete, like, question-answer format. So, like, uh, but I don't know, you're the expert here, no, so I you, mean, you tell me.
0: The expert. No, I, I do very much think of it like jokes. I'm sure I'll repeat myself in, like, 20 minutes when Remy comes. Because, unless, are you filming right now? That would be so stealthy. We, we are filming. Are you serious? Yeah. You started? Oh, Dude! You didn't realize? That's so good. This is such good content. I just thought we were like having a conversation the whole time. I was like, oh, you should have been recording this. Dude, that's the whole point. Okay, great. Oh, wow. That was good. Dude, forget we're recording. Oh, man. I should Forget we're recording. It's okay. Oh, no. Okay. We'll edit this maybe. (laughs) Um, um, Okay, so I do think of it like jokes because when I write, what I do is, one, I make sure I'm alone and I just talk to myself for like three or four hours. and. I go, I I like start with like a blank sheet of paper, right? And I put like a number one and then I'm like, okay, I have to write a joke for this. I need to think what, like when I come up with a statement, right? What are people laughing at? So when you look at like my, the document I have on my computer, it's numbered from like one to 20 and each new number is like where people are pausing for laughter. So recently I wrote a joke about Corona, right? Where I knew like I wanted to say that Corona is, is something everyone gets. So I was like, okay, my punchline has to be, what is something else that everyone gets so then i just sat for like 20 minutes and i was thinking about it and then eventually i settled on okay i like andrew garfield everybody likes andrew garfield (laughs) one of the things and then one of my favorite kind of jokes is when you make like two comparisons and one of them is like a good healthy comparison and the other one is like a really messed up like random (laughs) like almost offensive comparison so i was like okay what what do you mean so so you'll see is so what i ended up settling upon was getting COVID is something everyone goes through, kind of like an appreciation for Andrew Garfield or a family member exaggerating their anxiety problems.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness, dude, I love
0: it. Sometimes I'll think of like a concept, like um, girls in a Gemara class, and then I'm like, okay, so now I have girls in a Gemara class. That in and of itself is not funny. How do I make that funny? So I'll write that down as my concept, and then I'll sit and I'll like talk to myself for 30 minutes until I come up with some comparison to that. And in fact, when I'm Like what Meisels will do is he'll tell a story. And so when I tell a story, I still have that same mindset of, okay, this is still like going to be a list of jokes. But what connects each joke is the story. So I told a story once in Mavisarit about like almost losing my luggage. And then when you look at that story in my notes, it's like five, like one, two, three, four, five of, okay, this is a joke about waiting in line in the airport. This is a joke about Ah. like me getting upset. This is like my reaction joke. And that's just kind of what I do. A lot of talking to
1: myself and then a lot of so, like, writing it down. I'm curious. Do you, do you come up with the joke first and then the story that threads through it? Or do you come up with the story, see potential for, for jokes, and then insert the jokes into the story? What, what I did for this upcoming
0: act is, is, I think, is... um. I've just been like anytime I thought of a joke, I would write it down on my computer and put it in the unused jokes file. (laughs) And then last Sunday, I went through that and I read it a couple times. And then I kind of started from this is how I want to open. And then I would sit and just kind of think of segues to get into the next one or connect jokes like, okay, these two jokes are about Jews, so we'll put them together. These are like my dating jokes, so these need to be together. Connect dating and Jews by making a joke about Jewish girls and then segueing from there. Maybe connecting two jokes because they're both kind of anti-pc so we'll go from like my get refusal joke to my racism joke and <laughs> that's kind of oh what i do oh my goodness
1: oh my goodness wow what's your get refusal joke i'm curious Ooh,
0: so the get refusal joke is really something i said last time where i said that i was talking about rabbis and how like mo- how in today's culture because it's almost like easy to become a rabbi we don't respect them as much as we used to and when a rabbi kind of tells you to do something you put it in the nice thing to do pile ah, next to yes. shotness or giving your wife a get the second time she asks for it, <laughs> which I love because it's too many levels. Like first you don't have to oh give it to her goodness. the first time. The second time it's optional. The third time is, it's so much up. And it's funny because after it, like some girl came up to me and she's like, you know, I'm from aura and I found that like totally inappropriate. And I was like, Aura's here like aura has
1: a YU club. She's was like, okay. But that, that, that's the difficult thing with, with humor that like, you're always going to you know, step on people's toes. Unless you get like, really, really good at situational comedy, you're gonna be stepping on people's toes. And I, I think that people need to learn to laugh at themselves more.
0: That's true, I think, I kind of like to think of it as your joke can be as offensive as possible, provided it's as funny as it is offensive. Okay, interesting, Which is, I think there's, a there's, novel there's like this metric that it has to be. Because sometimes you get like, I don't want to say like there's bad comedians and good comedians cause I'm like an amateur, but sometimes you get people who their entire joke is like, maybe they just use the word retarded. And it's like, that. That's, that's the whole joke, that's the punchline. And it's like, well, then you're just kind of, you know, you're making fun of special needs people, but they aren't, like, it's not funny enough to deserve that. Yeah. Or like, you know, if someone says, this is like my go-to, this is a joke I came up with, it's also like a good example, like if someone says, knock knock, who's there? Adolf Hitler... They're probably just an anti-semite. <laughs> That's not funny enough to warrant it. So, I think I think there was someone else who said that if like the group you're making fun of will laugh at the joke, then it's probably good enough. And um I don't know. I don't think my jokes are really like too malicious. Like even my jokes about women, I don't think are ever like too misogynistic. I like to think I just put like one tiptoe over the line. Okay. But I don't, you know, I don't I don't want to offend people. Like, there was one joke I wrote for this upcoming routine where, like, I, I kind of took it out because I was like, is this as funny as it is homophobic? I don't know. And it's like, I'm already kind of pressed for time, so I took it out. I don't know. I was like, yeah, you don't want to be, you don't want to be funny because you're offensive.
1: You want to be, like, funny and offensive. Got it. I hear that. It's, it's actually funny that you bring, uh, that, uh, this came up because this Sunday, Merit shem, I will be going on a talk show. Oh, wow. Which yeah. one? Uh, it's a new talk show called Humility of Humanity. Uh, and lots of, like <laughs> lots of shows with long names. Lots of shows with long names. I like names. the alliteration. H and H, C and C. Yeah. 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 Um, so Humility of Humanity is I found this, this listing online for an open spot on a talk show. And so I'm like cool. Dude, of course I'm auditioning for that. <laughs> you audition already? Yeah. And you got I, what I got the part. Who's hosting? What is it like so, a rabbi? No, 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 no famous people. It's not. It's not Jewish. Is it like, like TV or radio or? Yeah, it's TV. Oh wow. It's it's a Roku channel. <laughs> um, I'm not gonna. Can I, riff on Roku? No, I'm not gonna riff on Roku. <laughs> I want to
0: thank Roku. I think they still have it. Recently, I watched the um, Indonesian action film The Raid on the Roku channel. So if you're listening to this, check it out. Great action movie. Roku. I think it. I think it also has like um, House. You know, if you're in a house. So they have some content Okay, there.
1: okay, so, so, so... Free with ads. <laughs> All right, sweet. So yeah, so, so it's going to be streaming on Roku. So we're, we're filming it this Sunday. So one of the <coughs> topics is Dave Chappelle's The Closer. Ooh. Yes. It's a little late. So it, it is a little late for that. It was supposed to be like a month ago, and then somebody got COVID, so then they had to... Who's the host of this? Like Me. The... I'm one of the hosts. Wait, no, no, not of this.
0: Unless you... The, the Conver... The... I forgot the name, Conversate, no, that's this one, Humility <laughs> and Humanity, who's hosting that, you also? Like, yeah, me. Wait, you're like a permanent fixture, you're a host of the yeah, show? Yeah, oh, I thought you were a guest.
1: No, no, Dude, you're... I'm
0: hosting for the
1: show. Wait. It's me and four other people. Like, it's like The View. But with guys, and so you got, this is like a weekly job for you now. No, so so what we're doing first is they're filming a pilot season. Oh, This is is so cool. Do you have like an agent? How did you get this? (laughs) Through backstage.com. Backstage. I got to look. This This is, so you've met the guys yet? Yeah. It's five guys. It's, so it's, it's four guys and a girl. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. I'm not sure why they didn't do three and two, but I guess whatever. That's that's how it worked out. Is the girl like the, the main and then she has like four guys? No. So, so I'm very curious who's going to be like the, the Whoopi Goldberg. I'm, I'm curious who's going to be the Whoopi Goldberg of, of, of our crew um are you guys all different races yes that's cool yeah so i i thought it was i thought it was such a cool premise and i'm like i want to be a part of this so yeah so it's it's me the orthodox jewish white kid um i'm also the youngest guy so like i they said i represent the youth and i'm like (laughs) (laughs) yeah okay (laughs) um so so it's me a black lesbian comedian is she any good uh i i have not listened to her content yet don't tell her that is she famous Her name is Knee Baby. Oh, but there's no fame. You said there's no famous people. So she has like I think like seventy five thousand followers. in Oh, but she hasn't been in anything I would have seen. No, she, she's only had like comedy specials. Okay, so far. fine. Yeah, um, you can look her up. Her name is Knee Baby. And then there is a uh, Caucasian army veteran. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, his name is Tyler Bliss. And then there's um, the black activist. His name is Kevin Harmer. Oh, but you already have a. Blo- you already. Oh, I thought it would be like a different. So I also thought that. And and I really hope for season two, uh, we, we get. So the, the last spot is his name is Bruce Shen. He's an Asian immigration lawyer. Okay. And I really hope that for season two we can get a, a Muslim girl, because I think that that would that would really, like, just complete the cherry on top. Yeah, I I think I think that that, that would complete the the you know menagerie that that we've that we've that's collected that's a Tennessee Williams word
0: right there thank you, thank you. you're the drama kid glass menagerie was that Tennessee Williams I don't know.
1: don't know okay I like acting I don't really know like neither do I I don't know what I'm doing yeah. Glass menagerie. I don't read Tennessee Williams I never read a <laughs> yeah.
0: I... that's cool I have I have my own diverse group well you can talk about it on the podcast yeah. I am um, so recently I got, like, an AMC A-list subscription. Are you familiar with that? No, what's that? So it's, like, $20 a month and you can see three movies a week at an AMC. So I'm, that's like, a dope. huge movie guy. So that that's what I do. So then I also am interested in, like, tons of movies no one else in YU is interested in. Like, Licorice Pizza. I think I'm the only it was person supposed in to be really in YU who's seen it. I wrote a review for it in The Observer. No one cares about that movie. Okay, but it was supposed to be really good. I enjoyed good. it. I've actually seen it twice. I don't know if I like it. I'm still confused by it. But um, Okay. So what I, what I realized is is that I'm not the only person going alone in movie theaters. There's a lot of people in these theaters who are going alone. Dude. So, and you know, society doesn't talk about us. And I was like, what if I went up to one of these people and I was like, and started a group chat with like just lonely cinephiles. And (laughs) next time someone's gonna see a movie alone, they could go in the group chat and be like, hey, I'm seeing, you know, licorice pizza at 5 PM. Does anyone want to go with me? So at the King's Man, I approached the young-looking Indonesian man at the end of the, next to me at the end of the film, and I was like, hey, do you want to be in this group chat? And Henry was like, sure, I'll be in the group chat. <laughs> oh, that's phenomenal. And then at Macbeth, I met Adam, this like 40-year-old black guy who works on the train tracks, and he was like, I want to be in the chat. And then um, at Licorice Pizza, I met Roman Kagan, the Russian, totally irreligious Jew. He wants to be in the group chat. And then at Sundown the other day, I met um, Jose Gonzalez, and he's in the group chat now. So now it's like me and these four other guys. That is so cool. And we're all different: white Jew, Russian Jew, Indonesian black Mexican. That
1: and hopefully so we can all see cool. Jackass
0: Four on Sunday. I don't know if <laughs> available. They ha- they've you know they uh, haven't co- they they all work. I'm I'm the youth <laughs> of this club, but uh, that's what I'm doing. Approaching strangers in movie theaters. It's how Dude, a, you know, that's awesome. That is yeah. so cool. The goal was that I would get like a number of people and then I would make them admins in the chat and they would go to the theater and invite more people. Have like a real grassroots. Yes. My
1: seeds are not bearing fruit. Okay. They are not. Right, give, it, give it time. Give it time. I, yeah, I'll wait. Yeah. But it's interesting that you would want to do that because like, so I've seen one movie by myself. Like that was like, which one? It was, it was Toy Story 4. Okay, I respect that. Dude, that's respectable. There's an (laughs) urgency,
0: and you know, like, you have to see that, and if you don't have, you're not gonna, you know, you you don't wanna wait. Maybe your friends aren't available.
1: Exactly, so that's exactly, that's what happened. I I was supposed to see it with a friend, and and then he backed out last minute, and I'm like, dude, Toy Story was my childhood. I used to watch 1 and 2 on repeat, over and over and over. I own 2 on DVD.
0: Yeah? Yeah, I do it's so, one that i didn't like when i was really young but then as i got older i appreciated dude, it
1: more. you just appreciate them so much more the more Same you with get finding older. nemo there's like, yes
0: that's also when you, i feel like you have to be real older to kind of just get into
1: yeah so yeah so 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 when when toy story 4 came out i saw it by myself and i will say straight out on the air i cried I that's cried. also just like the subject matter of it is a good
0: movie to see by yourself because it's, it's like it kind of started i don't know if it started but it it was kind of like the beginning of this trend where like animated movies were about like friends kind of breaking up because I think wreck Ralph 2 came out a couple months after and that was also right. like Ralph and Vanellope breaking up and I can't think of other Pixar movies right now but you know, yeah, yeah you know, it's not about to see by yourself.
1: Yeah, so yeah, I cried a lot. I cried a lot. <laughs> cried a lot. That's... Dude, Toy Story was my childhood. Like, Toy Story 3, I get crying, they almost die. Like, Toy Story 3 was
0: also, Twister I, I 4, cried. Toy 4, it's just Woody hanging out in like an antique parlor for like yeah,
1: but then, but then when he separates from... Okay, okay, anyways, anyways, so what I was saying was that... So, when I saw that movie by myself, I really appreciated the, the thrill of seeing a movie by yourself. There, there is a certain thrill to it that you get engrossed in the movie and there, you, there's no distractions, no... I was, I was zoned in, right? Wouldn't going to see a movie by yourself with somebody else kind of detract from that? I think the benefit of seeing it with another person
0: is that, you know, when there's, like, kind of a shocking moment or a really funny moment, sometimes you just kind of want to, like, turn to a friend and see their reaction, too. I don't know. I know, like, when, you know, when you kind of see, like, when you see Spider-Man in, like, a packed audience, there's something there. But that was crazy. But there's also, like, you know, that kind of joy of seeing something with a friend. And I think what I liked about the idea of Lonely Cinephiles is, you know, sometimes after the movie, you just want someone to talk to about it. Mm. Like, immediately afterwards. And also, I thought of it as, like, a way of, like, maybe I can meet, like, some interesting people who I wouldn't have met before. Definitely. That I know <laughs> have a shared interest. And so, like, I think out of all the people I invited, I think me and Jose Gonzalez hit it off the best. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. So, and... That's kind of it that's kind of all I have to uh, <laughs> say I do but so far though I haven't managed to meet up with another one of them to like we like we've played like I was about to see Matrix with one of them and then I had to cancel and there was another movie where Henry was still busy working so we haven't yet like gotten the um the ideal like planned meeting yet but we're we're working on it
1: all you know, right, all right a- give it time I will. At the time yeah that's that's so cool I, I love i love going out and meeting people that's actually like really what inspired me to to do this well, <laughs> was like i just want to have as many conversations with as many people as i can so i just see this as a great medium
0: to do it no it's definitely like your own show podcast because now people want to talk to you exactly
1: exactly it's like
0: before you're just some guy sitting down next to them at lunch exactly what's
1: the incentive to talk to me but but yeah, so yeah, like a microphone and cameras <laughs> so, so important.
0: Yeah, How, what are you majoring in?
1: I am majoring in psychology. Oh, I thought you would have been one of those like Shaped media major guys. So uh, I'm deciding I, I think I actually want to go for for a shape major in uh, Neuropsychology. Oh, that's like not media. That's like even more com- is that more complicated psychology. Yeah, can you explain yeah. neuropsychology to me because that just means like psychology in your head, right? Yeah. So it means it means combining talk therapy with brain imaging. Like a shock test? No, brain imaging is like is like fMRIs where they, they can like imagine taking an x-ray but of your brain. Isn't that an x-ray? I don't no, know. No, so so an, an x-ray sees um, sees bones. I forget I forget the different types of matter the the, the difference. But x-rays only pick up bones, and MRIs pick up organs.
0: So is the fMRI the thing where, like, they'll, they'll kind of hook something up to your head, and then they'll give you, like, a test, and then they'll see,
1: like, what parts of the brain are, like yes. solving that test? Yes. That, that is what they use. They use fMRIs. So, yeah. so neuropsychology is combining uh, brain imaging and talk therapy, traditional talk therapy. Okay. Yeah. So this is, like, good therapy practice? This is definitely good therapy practice. Um, I'm not even sure if I want to go into like clinical psychology, though. Like, I just find that fascinating, and, and I, I think that it's something that is very useful, and it will be very useful in all emerging fields. I, th- I think that we are seeing very rapidly a, a turnover of, of the economic playing field. Can you, can you kind of explain that, like, in more concrete terms? Because I feel like, I don't I, I Like, thought you, when was the last time you heard of somebody who's a miner? Like a child? No, 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 no. Like like a pickaxe, you know. <laughs> you're trying to be funny, I really thought. Um, <laughs> a yeah. miner. I feel like I hear about
0: fracking a lot, but I don't know if that's mining. But I, individual miners, I do not know.
1: Okay. But I hear about, like, pipelines a lot. Okay. But it's definitely, it used to be the number one uh profession in oh, the United States. Really? Like when? Like I would have thought that was I thought that was trucking. It's my mi- mining was when? Mining was in like the I, th- I think in like the 30s and 40s.
0: Oh, that was like years ago though.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So no so so my my point is that is that we see that the economic playing field changes over time. Okay. It evolves. And I think that right now with the I'm sorry, Remy's calling me. Do you wanna pause or yeah, edit? It. Said, Remy Remy? Okay, don't worry. Don't worry. Okay, sweet. Sweet. Awesome. Talk to you later. Enjoy practice. Baseball? Okay, sweet.
0: Bye. Is it baseball practice?
1: Um, I like would assume football. baseball practice yeah. because the
0: basketball game is happening. True. I thought the basketball game was over. It's over. I, I imagine it started at eight. Eight. Uh, yeah, probably it's over. Did you um, play? Are we still like are we back on? Oh yeah, yeah, we're, we're back, back on. on. Yeah. So <laughs> you were saying about the like miners were
1: working a hundred years ago and now. Well, in two ways, miners were working a hundred years ago. <laughs> um, oh, <like> <laughs> that's clever. Yes, thank you. You need thank subtitles for one. Yeah. Um, so. So we, we see how, how what's considered, like, blue-collar is changing rapidly. It used to be that filing and basic office work would be your typical blue-collar job. But now we're getting computer programs so advanced that it's making all these positions obsolete. So, um, like, I haven't read the book, but my brother-in-law was telling me about this book called Abundance. Which pretty much just it's like this Is it nonfiction? What if, yeah, it's nonfiction. It's like this like what if scenario for for the future of the economy. And and it he was just telling me about it and it's so eye opening to, to realize that we are living through this revolution that is gonna leave us obsolete in a lot of areas, in a lot of areas. And it's, it's happening like more rapidly than, than, than we realize. So then how does psychology play into this? So, so what I think is that the one thing that will remain, and I'm not sure if it'll remain indefinitely, but definitely not close to where technology is right now is human interaction. That is going to be the crux of, of all industries. The, the human element is, is only going to be the human interaction. Otherwise, why not just automate it? Okay. Right? So, so I believe that psychology is going to be the most applicable skill within any emerging industry.
0: Okay, I'll be honest, I was kind of hoping that when you mentioned a book it was going to be a Player Piano by Vonnegut, have you read that one? No, what's that? So that was his first, are you, you know who Kurt Vonnegut is though? Yeah, of course, so was, five. Yeah. Okay, so his first book was called Player Piano and it's pretty much about a society where like almost every job has been automated and like most people are out of work and the only people who have jobs are the people who kind of like manage the robots and the machines and make sure they're running. And then there's like this revolution that happens where all the people who are unemployed because of these robots they kind of like Destroy all the machines and all the factories and um I don't really remember how it ends. I think it ends with them making like a new machine And they kind of like to make things easier for themselves and it's that kind of pattern repeating But I don't know I was hoping that was the book you bring Isn't that like (laughs) what like Andrew Yang talked about a lot was like automation. Is that his thing? I don't know who that is. Andrew Yang? Who's that? Oh, the he was the politician. He was the Democratic politician. Oh, I'm not. I'm not from New York. Universal basic. I've heard income. of him. I've heard, I've heard of him. Also ran on the national Yang stage. Yang, Yang Gang. Yang Yeah.
1: So he talked yeah, a lot I'm about. Not, I'm not. from New York. He so. talked
0: a lot about like how automation was going to put people out of work, and that we should institute like a universal basic income now, so people can kind of start exploring their. Passions. Right.
1: So I don't know if I want to get into universal basic income because yeah, that, no, that, I don't that, know That's what a it whole. Is that's a whole. You need like an economics hole. major. <laughs> like i don't really get how that's inflation a, a works it's a whole so. rabbit hole yeah um what were we saying yeah so so i i think that that the the, the last human skill that's really going to be of use is going to be interactions conversations shout out to the name of this podcast what um, about uh those math majors who's going to do the uh, calculations Shout out, okay. shout, out, shout out to the name of the podcast. Okay, shout out to the name of the podcast. Yeah, but it, it's it, that just seems like like where we're headed, you know?
0: Yeah, no, it's definitely something to consider. Um,
1: I don't know, I'm like a finance major. Hopefully, I'm not obsolete. <laughs> That's
0: fingers crossed. Definitely, definitely
1: not Not right now. But what I'm saying is, is that the job market is going to evolve very rapidly. We, we see this already. Did you even hear of an of an NFT a year ago? No. Was it around a year ago? They were... I mean, th- there's no reason why they wouldn't be around. I don't think they should be around. I hate them so much. Dude, they're going up by like a million percent. I feel like every Not time I hear like an NFT going up, I hear about some guy who lost a ton of money on NFTs. That's because it's like any bubble that pe- people are going to win and lose. But the idea is that something could enter the, the market and grow so rapidly is, is mind-blowing. Is there like a point though to it like i i feel like i've
0: heard points to crypto i don't know if i've ever heard a point for an nft like a so so
1: it's so i I was talking about this on an earlier podcast and i'm not sure if it's purely just for like clout like to be able to say like yo i own president obama's tweet for more years like i could see that being being cool like, owning a tweet. I don't understand, like, whatever. But I guess it's the same thing with any sort of art form. That, like, I don't understand why somebody would purchase, for exorbitant amounts of money, some random guy's piece of art just because they think it's really good. I feel like there's something to be said for something that's, like, man-made
0: and something that's, like, just a bunch of pixels on the internet. Yeah, it, so so that,
1: I agree with you there. That, like, I don't see the... the, the craftsmanship or the the artwork in in basic nfts i i think that there are some people that do really cool stuff on the internet um there was this oh my goodness you for sure have heard of it there was this website that it was it was a right all right it was it was a uh one million by one million pixel blank white slate right and then every time a user went onto it, they were able to click one tile and color it one thing. Okay. And and then th- th- they just set it there for like, for like I, I think it was like six months or something, mm-hmm. and they publicized this a lot, mm-hmm. and it was so cool because you had so many people working together to like paint pictures, and you had, and, and you you could look online at the development of it over time where you see, like, somebody paints an American flag and then somebody paints an Israeli flag over that and then somebody paints a flag over that and then whatever. It's just so cool. You, you see, like, this development. And I'm sorry, I'll, I'll pull it up later, what, what it's called. Um, so I could appreciate digital art. I don't necessarily appreciate, like, just some picture that some dude made.
0: But I don't appreciate, like, buying Internet art. An obscene amount of money. Could could you understand buying President Obama's tweet? No, no. It's I don't know what that means. You own the tweet. Everyone can see the tweet. You just own what, like a picture of the tweet? No, no. no. You own the rights to the tweet. Can you sell that tweet? Like yes. Put it on a shirt.
1: Um. Four more years. Like a, a screenshot of Twitter. Probably, I I don't know. I actually don't know how it works, but I, I would assume that buying an NFT essentially means that you're buying the rights. To merchandise as well. I, I I know I know that that because it, like, then
0: it's like something, but I wasn't even sure. I don't know it. Me like if you can put it on a shirt and sell it, then I get it. Okay, because people okay. would want to buy. What's that.
1: what's the point in owning any sort of art?
0: I think art just goes up in value, but I think there's typically like art only. I don't know. I feel like when I think about like art, like when you think of like Monets or Membranes or like Da Vinci's like. There's like the prestige associated with that, and then there's the fact that it's like one of a kind. But I don't feel like NFTs, even though they're technically like this is the only one, because they're I don't know like on the blockchain. They don't feel like one of a kind because it's right. Just they
1: they don't internet art. They don't. But the idea that that people are pushing today, going back to the previous conversation about, about having an economic turnover, is that this is going to be really real, really soon. So right now. There's this whole bubble where people aren't sure how much an NFT is going to be worth. But that's the thing. Nobody knows. People are just betting that it's going to be bigger and bigger and bigger. Okay. I, all the power to him. I
0: will not be investing in NFTs. I kind of got burned on Dogecoin. So I'm, mm. I'm over the, see, uh, tr- see- these like crypto trends. That's kind of how I feel. <laughs> I was told by never take investing advice from someone you don't respect. There was a guy. guy, Words of wisdom. Yeah, I don't... An idiot in my yeshiva last year who comes... I hope he doesn't hear this. He comes up to me and he's like, Elon Musk will go on SNL and Dogecoin will hit a dollar. I was like... Because I'm also an idiot. I was like, that's sound logic. So I put like $200 in a Dogecoin and
1: now I have $30. (laughs) Yeah, so... So it's... It's near impossible to tell what is going to survive this evolutionary pruning but things will survive and they will be ginormous
0: did you go to the um are you, you're not in sims right no so mark cuban like did a zoom call with sims a are you serious ago.
1: that is so cool yeah. how did i
0: not hear about this i think they just sent it to like sims honors people
1: i'm serious okay
0: Oh, sorry, Siri. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he said that like he gave us, and what I liked about it more than like other sim speeches is because he was very practical. And he just kind of listed like the things that are gonna matter in five, 10 years. So he said AI, crypto, oh, for sure. and smart contracts. And I don't think he said NFTs, but those are three things that I definitely need to get
1: like a dummies book on so I can, you know, I that, up. yeah. Because I still don't get how blockchain works. I, I, the, the way it was explained to me is that it's like a Chinese finger trap and like the more people pull on it, the more people use it, the tighter it gets. Never heard that metaphor. Oh, I, that, that's the metaphor that I heard. It's an interesting that, metaphor. Yeah. So the, the idea is, is that the more people, but neither of us are, are no. computer experts. So, so yeah. <laughs> um, that's that's interesting that he said that. AI, crypto, and smart contracts. What are smart contracts? I don't know. <laughs> I also don't know. I don't know I feel bad. I feel like yeah. that's a conversation dead-end Maybe I shouldn't have brought it up. Nah, no, no, it's good. It's good. I'm actually uh, part of the AI club You're
0: part of the AI? Really?
1: Yes. Yes. Is that like a like a psychology thing? Um, so I'm fascinated about it from a psychological and Philosophical perspective. Ooh, you probably like Blade Runner. I love Blade Runner. Oh, nice guess, Dude, I, I love all these sorts of the, these like Westworld So I haven't watched Westworld But, but that, that idea, I am fascinated by it because I forgot where I was going with this robot AI and like psychology. Right, right, right. Yeah. So, so I'm just fascinated by, by the philosophical and psychological perspective on, on AI. Like, what does it mean? I keep referencing the previous conversations, but like. What what does it mean to be human when when robots will be as good or better
0: at everything? I feel like being a human just means you were like like I mean on a basic level it's you were just born by humans, right? Right. So that's that's what it means to be but human. What what will our what will our role be on this planet? Hopefully to be served by robots.
1: And doing what? What do we do now? I mean, I don't know. Um having the, the, families. The, the, there still is meaning as much as western civilization has progressed there still is a an aspect of of survival that is at the core of of our human existence we're still trying to survive albeit in a very different manner we're not hunting and gathering but we are trying to make a living yeah right so what i'm asking is that like what happens and we we see by the way we see a clear correlation between between um more guarantee of survival yields more mental health issues. We see this very clear correlation. Suicide is almost non-existent amongst the lower class. Huh. It's actually a privilege of the upper class. Oh. Yeah. I feel like there's there's some some comedic fodder. No, there's there. definitely
0: something there. Yeah. I would have thought that it's one of those things, I would have thought it's one of those things where, like, if, not that there's less mental health issues with your poor, or maybe there is, but I would, I would have thought, like, like if you're poor, you're struggling, like, you don't have time
1: to worry, exactly. like, if you have anxiety. Exactly, exactly, that, that's what I'm saying, so you don't even have, so when you're hunting and gathering, you don't have time to worry about how you look. Well, maybe not that, more like, not
0: that you. you're unable to be anxious, more like, you don't have time to consider if you're anxious, like, you don't have time to go and get that Diagnosed, you don't have time to see a therapist and talk about like your anxiety or your depression. But like, if you have money, then you can probably afford to consider it. Okay,
1: interesting. Interesting. You want to say, I haven't thought about that. I, haven't I don't know of, if that's. I mean, the, like, it could just be it's undiagnosed. Suicide is like you know that's kind of a clear metric. I don't know yeah, if that's right. But, but yeah. So 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 suicide is a privilege of the upper class. Um, really? Yeah. Fascinating. We find it most in first world upper class countries. Hmm. Huh. Um, yeah, like the yeah, it's 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 really wild. Um, I guess like when you know the grass doesn't get any more green. So that that's what I'm saying when when I keep saying robots and robots makes me sound like some weird conspiracy theorist. But like when artificial intelligence becomes GAI is the term general artificial intelligence. That means like
0: it's in it's in distinguishable not just smart
1: from humans. Yeah. Okay. Yes right so that'll be like everybody on planet earth has reached the peak what do we do now hopefully just enjoy things I don't know that's like
0: you know the hopeful answer do you do we really think like once we have GAI as you put it like everyone will just stop working oh AGI AGI. oh sorry my my, my bad like everyone will just stop
1: working that's like that's kind of what would happen? I mean, theoretically, like, like going back to the, the, that Kurt Vonnegut book that you brought, but like there, there, there had to be people who monitored the robots. Yeah, they were like the upper class. Once we get artificial general intelligence, according to pretty much every single uh, thinker out there, um, we only get one shot at creating artificial general intelligence because as soon as it starts to learn... As soon as it's capable of learning general things, as opposed to just a narrow specific artificial intelligence, then it's just going to keep learning and it's going to learn so fast. Think, think of how many computations a computer can do in a second. Okay. A lot. Right. So, so imagine a computer learning at that rate.
0: I kind of hope we don't get it now. <laughs> I'm okay with the way things so, are.
1: So, so, so most most thinkers are of the opinion that we're only going to get one shot at artificial general intelligence. But like, what
0: does that mean? One, because sh- I mean, like, I kind of associate if we mess up, like, what happens? Like, we it either doesn't work, and then we just keep try.
1: Like, I don't really get so the phrase so, okay, so If shot. it doesn't work, then we, then we get another shot. Yeah. So we right, but 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 if it works, once it works, yeah. Once it works, there's no going back. You're saying we can't undo it. Yeah. Okay. That's that. That's the point because it can keep
0: itself going. Exactly. There won't be some kind of kill switch. Like there won't. We we wouldn't
1: develop a way of turning it off. So so there are. I, I read this book called Life 3.0 by Max Tegmark, uh, where he describes a, a, a theoretical scenario where people invented artificial intelli- artificial general intelligence, but they kept it on a on a closed network, right? So then maybe you would be able to, to, to shut it down because it's a closed network. But if it's connected to the internet, what are you going to do? Shut down the internet? I don't know. You can't, like, just... I, I, I would just
0: imagine you'd develop some way of turning it off, right? Like, everything has an on and off switch. Yeah, so again, I
1: don't know enough about, about computer engineering yeah. to, to say... When you're in the AI, What is the AI club? The AI club, uh, and so the Artificial Intelligence Machine Learning Club um, is a club where we discuss artificial intelligence and machine learning. So how often do you discuss it? Cause I've
0: noticed there's a trend in Yu clubs that they tend to be like a board of maybe like four to five people. And then that board just plans like two events a semester. So I'm curious, does this AI club, do you guys actually have like weekly meetings or more regular meetings? Or do you just have a no. couple events? No, we just have a couple events. And you
1: just talk about AI. Do you guys have a speaker? Yeah, so I'm actually running the next event. Okay, what are you guys doing? Uh, I got two speakers. Oh. Yeah, very excited. Um, don't want to say their names yet, but, you know. Is it the black lesbian comedian? Not the black lesbian comedian. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know um, if she's an expert in AI. <laughs> she might be. I don't know. Um, Bring so, it up. At, uh... So I, I, I got two pretty big names in the in the AI world. Oh. Yeah. Like, can, Oh, you don't want to tell me, so. Yeah, so, like, in that's, the... That's in, impressive. I have no um, idea how um, I would get people for the comedy club, so... Yeah, I'm, I'm so I'm very excited for that. Um, like, last time we had a round-robin, which was really cool. All the different co-presidents made a... What um, is a round Can you explain that to me? A round-robin is basically, uh, like, four or five different presentations going on at once, and then crowds move from one presentation to the oh, next. Oh. That's an interesting event. Yeah, so it was, it was cute. It was cute. I, I, I spoke about... Um, my presentation was really just different artificial intelligence programs that we already have like there are some crazy ones out there there are some silly ones you know like i've seen some of the silly ones exactly there there are plenty of silly ones like i saw one that 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 can caption and 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 um edit any single photo to be a stranger things poster <laughs> right and it's like okay that that's kind of cool and then there's like and then there's uh, this person does not exist dot com oh, and they they like generate photos of people it that generates, look real? it generates photos of faces that are completely fictitious people because they are, they, there isn't a matching photo on the internet. No, there is no matching photo on the internet so that's kind of how it knows they don't exist exactly that's cool exactly so so, so it completely fabricates a face, and now that was the sort of thing that i 'm like, okay, so this is kind of cool, but what practical application does it have? Then I showed them this website called synthesia.io, which took faces from I will um faces from this person does not exist, and then put them on figures, and now I don't know exactly how, but they programmed those figures to be able to speak.
0: Oh that's like a, so a deep you, fake
1: so it's it's like a deep fake, but with a fake <clears throat> person. So Even so like fake. Exactly. It's crazy. It's crazy. so so,
0: but I mean, I don't know, when I hear those, I don't really think artificial intelligence, I just think
1: computer programs because it can only do one thing, right? So that's that's the thing. The, the, the place the where it gets intelligent is that the with this person does not exist is that people rate it. People rate how realistic the the picture is. Oh. and then and then every single so every single time you refresh the page, it gets more and more accurate. Oh. Uh, yeah. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. It's it's mad cool. I saw, like, a, another thing called, like, Google Draw. Oh, my God. This was the craziest thing in the world. So what it did was, it was two separate programs. One, they, they wrote out, uh, they asked people to draw things, and then the computer program tried to guess what they were drawing. Right? Then... They took those drawings, right? They put them into a different program, where a person could speak out a story, and then it animates the story using those pictures. That's pretty so intelligent. So it, it's insane. You you see the video? It's like this person saying like there was a man walking down the street, and there was a tree on his left, and then you see like the 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 screen drawing out a man walking down the street with the tree on his left, and it is. It is so cool, and it's like solid animation. It's impressive. Yeah, it's it's wild. It's wild. Um, so I was wondering, are, are you are you down to like? Yes. Okay. All right. So should we, You want to pick our, a card out at random? Yeah. Just to confirm, the you were filming me when I said the
0: icebreaker joke, right? Oh like, yeah. Oh, that's great. Okay. <laughs> so um, okay, so I just read it to you. Yeah. What are the what are the colors? Do you know?
1: Uh, So apparently they are different categories. So red is, this
0: orange one is like beliefs. Okay. Okay, so what beliefs would you want to pass on to your children or grandchildren? So I I answer it? You can answer it, I'll answer it. Okay, so I think Judaism would probably be number one. That's definitely something I want to pass on to my children. Um, And then there's, that's kind of like the one belief. I also hmm, definitely want them to like Stephen King. That's more of like a culture thing, that's huge, that's huge, like Stephen King and Martin Scorsese are like my two favorite pop culture figures, so they definitely need to like them. And then also, and I think this is like an attribute more people should have, is the ability to kind of like, call out an injustice done by your own side. And what I mean by that is, it's like when I was growing up, right, You probably had this too. When you would play basketball as a kid, you you know what a teammate call is? Are you familiar with that concept? No. Okay, so when we would play basketball in elementary school, and let's say me and you are on the same team, and someone on the other team accuses you of a foul, right? So the game would kind of stop, and both sides would be going back and forth. If I were to go and say, like, you fouled, then that would be what we'd call a teammate call. And fact that Yeah, it's done. Now it's a foul. Okay. So I think, and then most of the time when you're like in elementary school, you don't mind doing a teammate call because no one really cares. And by the time you get to high school, when people are taking these games like really seriously, you do not want to be the guy making a teammate call. Yeah. And now like, especially in like a lot of areas of society today, but like specifically politics, nobody will make a teammate call. So if someone on your own like side of the political aisle especially will do something kind of like heinous, you won't criticize it because you don't want the other side to then latch on. So you suddenly end up defending things you personally disagree with just because they're on your team.
1: Whoa, yeah.
0: And like, you see that a lot, especially like politically. I think this is most clear when you look at like January 6th and the BLM riots, where like very few like major Republican like congressmen are like going out and calling out January 6th because it's their own side. And they don't think, so they're like, while they, I bet none of them are supporting it, they're not gonna go and say like, these are terrorists ransacking the Capitol. So they gotta go and call it like light vandalism or light trespassing. And meanwhile, on the left, you know, with the BLM rights, they're not going to go out and call out the property damage because then they'd be agreeing with the right. And they don't think the right's going to call out their own side. So they're like, you know, 99% of them were peaceful or it was for a good cause. And I just think more people should be willing to kind of call out their own teammates. And that is like
1: a belief that I would hopefully my kids would agree with. I feel exactly the same way. It's funny that you bring that up, by the way, the January 6th and BLM in conjunction. Because um, on Sunday, we're going to be discussing January 6th and the BLM riots, and I took the same exact stance, or I will be taking the same okay, exact stance here's as what you, you need to say. You okay. need to say,
0: January 6th is worse than any one day of the BLM riots.
1: The totality of the BLM riots is worse than January 6th. So I have some stats written down, like how many people were, how many people died, and how much property damage occurred, and whatever. It's gonna be crazy. <laughs> yeah, I really hope so. Um, so you have the stats, and yeah, so I have the stats written down, and it's like, I, what I'm really trying to go for is to try and be as personable as possible on this show because I know that I'm going to be taking some some opinions that other people will not like, and. I'm really trying I'm going to try my best to to provide nuance and not just spit facts. So like I, I want somebody able to not cuz like I was just reading this um an article. I forgot who it's by called why facts don't change your feelings. No, it sounds I'm no I want to hear this. Yeah, and and basically it it's, it was just talking about how we have these preconceived notions um and it's called the something bias. I've confirmation? Heard, the confirmation bias. Thank you. It's called the confirmation bias, right? Where, where we will look for evidence and only, only take evidence that supports our, our preconceived notions. So just spinning facts at somebody is not going to change the way they think. So what I'm really hoping for is to be able to be personable... And provide nuance. So you guys are talking <laughs> you guys are gonna talk about Dave Chappelle's The Closer
0: and January 6th and BLM and this is all in like the first episode or are you guys filming multiple episodes? We're, we're on filming Sunday? one season. All the entire season on Sunday? Yeah. How many episodes is that? Um, I believe six. And how many how long is each episode? An hour. Oh my god this is a long day. It's gonna be it's gonna be a really long day. This is yeah. so interesting. It's gonna be a full day Sunday. Is it cr- I don't know how you like you
1: like, this is, wow. Were they looking for a Jew? Like, were you? They, they did not. They were not looking for a Jew. They didn't even know what they were looking for. And as soon as I said, like, hey, I'm an Orthodox Jew, they're like, boom, you're our guy. <laughs> like, I'm so curious about how this works. Can you explain the audition process for, like, um, the show? So for, for this show in particular, basically, I, I wrote up a resume and I auditioned. They They liked, they liked my resume, so I got an interview. Okay. And then at the interview, they were like, so you're Jewish. Do you want to tell us about that? And I'm like, yeah, I'm actually, I'm Orthodox. I'm very religious. And, and they were like, they, they liked what I had to say, but they liked even more that I was an Orthodox Jew. And I'm actually not sure what they like more. So did they, they, they like ask both... you for like your opinion on certain issues or topics? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so they they asked me like what are my thoughts on on like abortion and stuff like that, like yeah, he- heavy topics, right? And and they really liked that I was able to provide them with with a Jewish perspective on it, not just another opinion. Okay. So, so yeah, but I'm also I'm very scared to like be representing Jews. I would just be a little. I know sometimes I feel like it's overblown, but there was a
0: couple times when I was writing my routine where I was like, would I want this? If I ever got famous, would I want someone like putting one of these jokes on my Twitter page and like trying to, I don't know, I'm not, so I would just, I don't know. That would be kind of my big fear about doing like a talk show would be like, okay, just gotta be careful. You don't want to say anything like that could be really
1: misconstrued. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, so I'm, I'm very nervous about it. Um, I mean, and you, you said you met some of the people already, right? Yeah, I met all of them. So, like, are they nice? Yeah, I mean, that, we, we didn't we didn't get into any debates, but they seem they seem like nice people. That's important. Yeah. <laughs> Roku, sh- this is. No, I mean. <laughs>
0: the free Roku app. No, yeah. no money. Just you might want to you know you want to say that so people. <laughs> it's not behind a paywall. Nope. Tune in. Tune in. Not live. Okay. I don't think. So, humanity and... Humility
1: of humanity. Oh, that's what it's called. Yeah. It's a good name. So, what would I want to pass on to my kids? I think that I would want to pass on two things. Curiosity and humor. And I think that from those two character traits, they will eventually arrive at similar the same conclusions that i've arrived at and will hopefully lead similar lifestyles
0: Okay, yeah, that's a no it's a good answer
1: yeah i i i think i think that a healthy dose of of curiosity and humor will will bring them to a healthy place i'd assume you'd want them to be jewish also well, yes, so, so I'm, tr- I'm trying to, like, minimize it as much as possible, you know, like, I could say a whole laundry list of things I want my kids to be, like, okay. um, you know, like, I, I want them to be artists, and I want them to be scientists, and I want them to be whatever, like, I, I want a whole lot of things for my kids, you know, I, I want the world for my kids, I don't have any kids, um, <laughs> but I, I want the world for them. How many kids would you want, ideal number? I don't know, I don't know, there are days when I'm like, yo, I want as many as possible, <laughs> <laughs> and then there are days where I'm like, uh, like I'm a family of six, oh, wow. and I'm like six. Six sounds nice. Six sounds nice. Like I, I don't know about like twelve. <laughs> no, you,
0: did I meet your cousin at Muganov? Yes, that was your cousin. Okay, he also came from a big family. I think he's from a very big family. Yeah. They're they're ten. Okay, so I I'm good with the fa- I come from a family of four. I definitely don't
1: want more than four. <laughs> three or four would be ideal for me. Yeah. So I, I don't know, and maybe just like spending so much time in Israel, and like you see these families of like 15 kids, and I'm like, it's pretty cool. You did one year in Israel or two? I did three.
0: Oh, that, that is a lot of years in Israel. Yeah. Where do you go, Nativ? Uh TC. Oh, I think I've, I think we talked about, you know my cousin, Yassi and... Yossi... Yossi Gar- Greenspan? Yes, 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 yeah. yes, yes. Yeah. Where do you go
1: to high school? Shar HaTorah in know Queens. I not know where is. Oh, Queens yeah okay I've I've, I've been around I've been around the block nice block yeah nice block wait so you went to Skokie and then uh, you're in Mivasara oh dope yeah it's a fun place dope I have a lot of friends in Skokie and a lot of friends in Mivasara that's awesome Um, I would play Jewish Geography now but no it's not uh, really uh, yeah not really podcast vibe we kind of did it a bit with the cousins I apologize it's good it's good we'll edit it out yeah I actually don't think I'm going to edit it out do you know how to edit things out (laughs) So I'm learning on the fly, uh, but huge shout out to Binyamin, Binyamin rosa Gru, The producer? um, So he was the guest on the second episode, and he just approached me, and he's like, yo, I really like what you're doing, and I know how to edit. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) yes, please. Thank you. (laughs) So so that's how that worked out. It's convenient. Um, yeah, that, that that definitely, you know, thank God. <laughs> because I was literally sitting here for like for like three hours before just like editing the... It's so like one thing to edit audio by itself. Okay. That's not so difficult. But to edit audio and two cameras... That's hard. Yeah, so I was like trying to figure it out and whatever. I'm still in the middle of it, but... Certainly ambitious, because I would think like if you're starting out a podcast, you wouldn't even worry about the video. Yeah, So so... I, I initially wasn't, but I feel like it adds a lot.
0: Yeah. I don't know if I list, like even personally, if I'm doing a podcast, I'm not going to put the video on just because like typically you do podcast and something else. Right. So I, I don't need the video, but you
1: know, I understand why some people like it. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like, I feel like not only does it, does it create more avenues to, to be viewed, um, but I think that it does something to the actual conversation itself. I was talking to to my friends, like after we did an episode, we realized that the microphone being present does something palpable to the conversation. You know what I mean? How like you talk differently. Things, funny things are funnier and sad things are sadder and profound things are more profound. Like it's, it has this really weird effect. And I, I think that that's only multiplied by the cameras.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think I was a little, little doing better before I realized we had started filming. <laughs> I thought that was so, like, weird. Why are we we're rehearsing for 30 minutes? <laughs> oh, This is... My dad tried to do a podcast once. It was it was terrible. Mm. He was so bad at the editing, and, like, he... I think he he thought he had deleted something, but he hadn't, so I ended up just repeating the same story twice. <laughs> it was, like, a cute and noble attempt. And I had given right. him terrible podcasting advice, and I told him... You know you should have segments, and maybe like one of the segments should be like some pop culture review, or something. And so then he goes on like this ten minute diatribe about this obscure reality show called like Married at First Sight. <laughs> and he sends us the podcast, and like the first twenty minutes are his thoughts on like politics and philosophy, and the last ten minutes are about like this bachelor ripoff.
1: Dude, he, that's awesome. He, he, sh- gave he up should on continue his dream. it. Come on, he, he should continue it.
0: No, I yeah maybe it's better for us if he doesn't (laughs) it's cool he got into hypnotism so that's his new hobby that's really cool covid he got he was one of those covid hobbyists so he'd always wanted to learn i wish i was and then yeah i just crossed like 100 movies off my watch list that's what i (laughs) Same. he he became he signed up for like this hypnotism website and so he started learning hypnotism and then through that website you also get like access to the handwriting analysis lessons Ooh, that's cool so if you want to photography uh, I think cryptography is like codes and puzzles. This is called graphology. Oh, graphology. That's right. That's what I meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Graphology. So you want, you can send me a handwriting sample in cursive, a paragraph. I'll, on unlined All paper. Right. And I'll send it to my dad and, you know, All
1: he right. can tell S- you, like, cool. if you're
0: greedy or shy or what your sexual orientation is. That's go-to always. Wow. It's called, like, For My Friends Gay. <laughs> wow. You also draw, like, a
1: tree. And I don't know if... He can tell like weird now, things. That's the thing, right? If if you draw the, I, I've heard of this. If you draw the arrow, the owl hole, then it. So the, the 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 tree. There's like, do you
0: draw branches? Do you draw sun in the corner? Do you draw ground beneath the tree? How do you draw your leaves? I don't know. So there's different things in the trees. So that's what he did. So then the problem is he can never hypnotize anyone in his immediate family because we mm. don't take him seriously. So he'll start like. Being like, oh, relax, relax. And, and, and you're just beat. like, <laughs> he start giggling, and then he starts laughing, and then he throws his hands up in the air, and he's like, "You're a terrible hypnotic subject." <laughs> he kinds of storms off, all sad. But he put a cousin of mine in a trance for like twenty minutes. So he's that's got wild.
1: some skills. That's wild. I don't know. I got hypnotized once, and or well, I should say, I didn't. I didn't get hypnotized once. <laughs> what does that I, mean? Meaning, I, I was, I was, I was the subject. Okay. Of, of hypnosis like yeah. on, uh, on
0: a show. Oh, like a camp thing? Yeah,
1: yeah, and then like I, I feel bad admitting this now, but it's it's like it's a while later so I can admit it I totally faked it. You faked the whole thing. <laughs> were there other people on stage with you? Yeah, and you didn't okay
0: Yeah, had I, suspicion. I, I
1: totally faked the whole thing.
0: There was a one time in Muganov We had a hypnotist and there was one kid who was like just looked so much faker than all the others and so everyone ganged up on him after the show, and they're like, "Admit you're faking! Admit you're faking!" And he's like, "No, I actually don't remember any of it. <laughs> I, I think he was lying." And now I have a, now I have like, anecdotal evidence, insider insider evidence. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Those those guys on stage—they faked it. I like to think I'm too smart to be hypnotized because he didn't. But he really just didn't pick me. He, guys, <laughs> he did like a little tryout, and I didn't make it. Uh, do you want to do another card? Yeah, sure. I mean, All I'll right. go as long as you want me to. This pick a card time. at random. I don't know, we probably feel like we've been talking for like an hour. I mean, you can, you know, if you want me to leave, you just say the word. Okay. Dude, I, I'm I'm game for as long as you're game. Okay, I mean, I, I don't know, like three hours with the Itzy Warren. I don't know <laughs> going to click on that one. Okay, oh, this is a tough one. Where in your life could courage create closure? Can you answer this one? Because I honestly don't know how to answer this one. Where in your life could courage create closure? I have no idea how to answer that question. I, I don't even, I'll be honest, I don't even understand really what it, like, I kind of get what it means, but
1: you have an example? Do you want to pick another card? I'm kind of confused by this one. So I'm not sure if this is quite answering the question, but like I spoke about this on a previous podcast that I have like crazy, or I had, I should say, had crazy social anxiety. And I was always very concerned about what people are thinking of me. And doing this podcast was a huge, huge step because, ta-da, I don't, you know, it's like.
0: I mean, it's hard to imagine you having social anxiety. Like, you're going on a Roku talk show. So that, that's what I'm saying. Thank God, I've, I've come a very far way. You've done, like, I believe you've, you've done multiple, like, plays for YU, right? Because you're on no, the no, like no, drama. This, oh, I thought you were my, on. It's my first semester. Oh, I thought you were on, like, the board, though. I am. You just made the board? Yeah. <laughs> you have, like, experience?
1: I mean, I've been acting, yeah. Okay. I have cool. experience acting, but. You yeah. did, like, school plays? I did school plays. I did a couple of like short films really? and stuff like that. Really? What? Yeah. Uh, so there's one that's coming out any day now that's called so cool. Hugo. I'll show it to you. Hugh- what, like, by who made it? Is it like a, like a guy I've heard of? No, 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 some, like, all, all these, like, I get all these off backstage. So they're, they're all, like, like student filmmakers? Student filmmakers or like independent filmmakers, you know, stuff like that. Do you get paid if it's an independent one? Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> that's cool, what's Hugo? So Hugo is the story of a boxing prodigy. Is that you? You the boxing prodigy. I was
0: the boxing nice. prodigy. Nice. You probably have to like do like a ton of. Do you actually have to like do like some Rocky montage I, stuff? So
1: I, I that was. You understand? I, I was. I was literally in heaven there because we were getting B roll of just like, you know, training and stuff like that. I'm like this is so cool. This is so cool. Oh my gosh! You I, I got so into it for like for like a month straight. I was just like I was in the gym just with the punching bag. You know, my, my knuckles were bleeding every day. It was oh, it was great. That's cool. It was yeah, so much fun. Yeah. So so the story is it's a short film. So, so it's what is not, that like? Twenty five minutes? Uh, I think it's I think it's supposed to be fifteen. Okay. Um, and basically he, he's this boxing prodigy who's the son of a boxing prodigy. Okay, Creed. White Creed. Right, but his father failed in in his uh boxing career. Okay. I don't know if this is Creed. I haven't seen the first one. No, I'm
0: saying, but like Apollo Creed dies in Rocky IV. Right. So there's like a death in the family. But is this more like a failure, like an on-the-waterfront boxing failure? I don't know what that means. That's where the guy...
1: Basically, he he doesn't do well in his professional career. And
0: on the waterfront, the guy like took a dive in a fight and he got caught. So he was kind of like banned from professional boxing.
1: Oh, yes. So so it it doesn't really specify what exactly happened. An ambiguous boxing failure. Yeah, an ambiguous boxing failure. And so he pretty much puts all of his faith in his son. Ooh. And the, the movie is, just shows the slow progression of the father taking out all of his anger at himself on his son. Ooh, who's the father actor? Is um, he good? He was great. The way you're describing it, he sounds he really great. good. He was great. Is he uh, scary? Kind of scary. Kind of scary? He like, um, He's really nice in, in person. Have <laughs> you seen the movie Whiplash?
0: Yes. Yes, so was he, he was the teacher.
1: He was the teacher.
0: Wait, same actor? No. Oh,
1: no, my God. no. You met JK no. Simmons. I <laughs> no, no. No, not JK Simmons. Not JK Simmons. No, that, that would be wild. That would be insane. <laughs> yeah. Have JK Simmons on the pod if you met him. Yeah, dude, that would, that would be crazy. Um but he was playing like the same character. Yeah, same same type of character. And and then the movie ends. I'll spoil it. But the cuz it's, it's only 15 minutes, so it's not like Yeah. Uh, but the, the movie ends where the, where Hugo gets so pressured by his father to the point that he
0: quits. What? Yeah. Wait, you, what, it's the last thing you walk out of a gym or close his last
1: shot? Actually, the last shot is, 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 no, no, that's the second to last shot. The, the last shot, second to last shot is, is me closing the door of the gym, me Throwing open the door of the gym and walking out, and then his last shot the dad's face as the and light and the last from the shot is, the, is the dad's face, and
0: the light from the door is maybe on it, and then the yep. door closes. And that's oh, exactly okay. the, that yeah. is
1: that is the last. shot. I've seen movies.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's so. So is that going to a festival? Or are they just yeah like yeah yeah? yeah. They're gonna get to film festivals. That's so cool. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, I'm very excited for it. Oh my god, I'm so. Jo- I've I've written a pilot screenplay. Are you serious? No one's put it on or anything, but um, I kind of wanted to be a screenwriter for a while, so I. This was, like, the first thing I wrote, like, start to finish in the actual screenplay format because I hate that stupid format. It's so annoying. <laughs> it, it's, does seem, it does it's seem very – dot X dot. Yeah. And I'm not going to, like, pay for final draft, so I'm doing it on Word. And um, So it's about – do you want to hear what it's about? Yes, of okay, course. Okay, fine. So – and I'll send it to you afterwards. So All right, it's, awesome. The title is the worst part. It's called Criminal in the Rye because I really liked Catcher in the Rye. And also because I kind of, like, relate way too strongly to stories about, like, white people who are disappointed in their own lives. So, um, I'm just gonna name movies that kind of, in that genre, so like Fight Club. Have you seen that one? Okay, yeah, great American Beauty. Uh, I haven't seen it. Okay, Falling Down. Nope. Office Space. Nope. Okay, so these are all movies from 1999 in like the sad white people genre. Okay. Great genre. And um, you could also put maybe like the first 10 minutes of the Matrix in the genre. Okay. And so the premise is you have like this 17 year old named Calvin who's just very bored with his life. He doesn't seem to be like getting any enjoyment out of it. And he also doesn't like foresee any enjoyment
1: out of it. Why, is it because the robots are doing everything for him? No, it is not, <laughs> no, it takes place in 2021.
0: And um, he, he decides, you know, to kind of just like, maybe he, he he kind of gets this idea, like if I put my life in danger, maybe that will make me appreciate my own life more. Interesting. So he Googles, what are the most dangerous cities in the United States? And he sees like Detroit on the list, so he's like, you know what? I'm just gonna take all my money. 17 years old, just go to Detroit, and hang out in Detroit for a bit. Maybe get up to some trouble, and like I'll uh, I'll see what happens. And then while that's going on, there's this parallel story where you have this kind of crime boss named Truth because he doesn't tell lies. And I thought that was a cool character trait, right? and I think it's that, a little cheesy great. now, but I, I like him because he's very threatening. But he's also like, because like when he says he'll hurt you, he will hurt you. And like if he says he wasn't, okay, he won't. You can trust him. And what happens is he kidnaps this girl, right? This rich girl. So while Calvin's going to Detroit, you have Truth in Detroit with this girl, Sydney. And Calvin goes to Detroit and he just kind of starts like walking around and just kind of like trying to befriend some of like the random people he sees on the street corners, like drug addicts and prostitutes. (laughs) He's just like, hello there, like prostitute, like how's it going? She's like, get out of here. Like I'm, you know, trying to sell my wares. And he goes to like a drug addict and the drug addict tries to attack. I mean, he gets kind of like really discouraged because he's like, you know, I thought I'd have some kind of funnier, and no one's being nice. And he stumbles. He goes to like this party. I'm just going to go through the whole story of the pilot. All right. So he goes to this house party, right? Now, Truth has a son named Malcolm, right? And Malcolm's kind of like the arrogant, like son of a crime boss, you know, kind of spoiled, thinks he's all like cool and tough. But, you know, he's really just the son of his dad. And Truth, sorry, sorry. Never pitched it before, so I'm getting bad at the storytelling aspect. Nah, dude, it's good. So Truth pretty much plans on returning Sydney for a ransom. And his henchman wants to return Sydney in, like, the Mercedes, right? Because it's a nice car. So he puts Sydney in the trunk of the Mercedes with the plan of, in a couple of hours, dropping her off at some neutral location. Now Truth's son Malcolm, not realizing there's an unconscious girl in the trunk of this Mercedes, Mercedes. takes the Mercedes to a house party in Detroit that Calvin kind of just wanders into. So Malcolm gets to this party... And the host is a friend with Malcolm, and the host is like, Hey, Malcolm, you know, if you want to look cool in front of your girlfriend, there's some guy who just crashed this party. I don't know who he is. Why don't you just go beat him up? And, like, you'll look cool. So Malcolm goes and just kind of, like, beats up Calvin and kind of tosses him out of the party. And this guy, Sam, sees this, and he kind of feels bad for Calvin because he was talking to him earlier. And Sam's, like, this 29, like, this 30-year-old guy who still kind of just doesn't really do anything, just hangs out in, like, the criminal parts of Detroit. And so he goes out with Calvin, and he's like, hey, Calvin, you know, Malcolm's kind of a jerk. Why don't we go steal his car with the unconscious girl in the trunk? So they go out and steal this car. And meanwhile, Truth is freaking out because he has to return this girl because he promised he would return this girl, and now he's a liar. So Calvin and Sam, Sam, you know, decides to show Calvin some fun, and he asks, like, Sam, what does he want? And Sam asks Calvin, like, what do you want? And Calvin's like, you know, I just kind of want some excitement from my life. And Sam is like, no, I meant like a, a material good, like something you could get at a Best Buy. Calvin's like, well, why are you limiting me to a Best Buy? And Sam's like, cause we're gonna go rob that Best Buy right now. Like that's the activity. So they go out and they rob the Best Buy and then they make a getaway in the Mercedes. Now, while that's going on, Cal, uh, sorry, Malcolm realizes his car has been stolen and he's freaking out cause that was like, his dad's nicest car. So his friend is like, the host is like, why don't we go out looking for it? And they can't find that Mercedes but they find a different Mercedes. So the host goes to Malcolm, he's like, you know, if your Mercedes got stolen and you steal a different Mercedes, your dad will still respect you. So Malcolm goes and attempts to steal the Mercedes and he kind of just gets the crap beaten out of him. Does not steal the Mercedes. Gets the crap, just gets beaten up really badly. And then the last scene of the show is them, is Sam and Calvin realizing that the cops have kind of made the Mercedes and they can't really use it anymore. and. To get rid of it, they kind of push it into a lake, killing no. Sydney and setting up what could be a season or series-long conflict with Truth because they destroyed his ten million dollar ransom. No, and that would be it. Oh my gosh, I
1: just got so invested in that. Oh my goodness, and that's goodness. it. And there's
0: and it would kind of be of like the tone of um, Shameless, where it's like com mostly comedy, but then moments of drama. So it's like 45 pages, and that's um. That's the pilot. So that's what I wrote, dude. I love it. I love
1: the concept. I think it's a good concept. Yeah, I love the concept. My uncle had some notes. <laughs> My uncle was a little harsh. Okay, okay, but you know we, we gotta we to learn to, to take criticism. Can I hear about some? Soul. Did you do any other short films? Because this is so cool to me. Um, so I did a couple of uh, background work. What is a bunch that? Of background work. So that, that's not as fun. That's like an extra. Yeah. Okay. It's it's like it, it was it was an experience. You know, it was cool to like be on a really like triple a budget you know Wait wait that was like extra of real movies? Yeah. Oh which ones? Uh so this new movie
0: that's coming out called Bros? Oh that's Billy Eisner. That's like Billy the gay Eisner. romantic comedy. Yes,
1: the gay rom-com. So you you like saw them film a scene? I saw them film a scene. Like in New York? In in tech, it was in New Jersey, but yeah. Was it funny? So I got to say behind the scenes is not funny. <laughs> but I'm saying you you saw them you heard them do the scene, right? Yeah. I so was I was Standing right How there. was the dialogue? Was it funny? It seemed, it seems <laughs> kind of funny. I, it, it wasn't so funny after hearing it 30 times. And then what do you do? You're just sitting there like eating food or something? So I was a guy in the gym. Oh, it's a gym scene. I can never yeah. do this. I have no idea what the
0: hell I'm doing in a gym. <laughs> I, in Mivacered, I was with a friend and we were just like randomly lifting weights. And I think I permanently broke my arm. I don't think it can fully extend. At, at the time it was very apparent that it was not fully extending. Like you could only make like a 178 degree angle. Right. And now I can't tell if it's straight or if like my mind, I can't tell if it's straight and my mind is just like preconditioned to now always view it as like angled or if it's if it's actually just damaged. <laughs> and I'm scared to like go to a doctor. I don't want to find out. Dude, you should check that out. <laughs> I can use it. Like I can go like, I can lift things. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, I'm bad in gyms.
1: <laughs> That's so cool. Any other, which other ones did have you done? Um, so I did... I, this was actually wild um I got flown out I can't believe I'm saying for an, this as an extra <laughs> no <laughs> for a YouTube web series what's it called I'm not saying oh did you sign an NDA I signed an NDA is and, it out and, yet no it's not out yet and even if I wouldn't have signed the NDA there's not a chance in heck that I'm letting anybody see and this is all that.
0: like from backstage.com yeah so you don't have like an agent or a manager oh so I actually just got an agent
1: oh wow Yeah. So cool. Because of like the Roku deal? Uh, Not because of it, but possibly influenced by it. Did you like
0: seek him out or did he come to you? No, I I seeked him out. That's so cool. What's the, okay, can you, without, why, where did you go for this YouTube show? Like what state, what city? To San Jose, California. Okay. And are you embarrassed by it? Very. Because it was, like, super low budget, and it was, like... I'm saying it's a YouTube... When you say it's a YouTube web series, was it, like, produced
1: by YouTube or YouTubers? No, no, YouTubers. Was it, like, the Logan Paul people? I mean, it wasn't those people, but, was like... Was it the Hype House? It, it wasn't it wasn't anybody, like, super famous. <laughs> how do they... How are they flying people out if they're not famous? I I'll be honest, I don't know. Was it... Was it like one of those fear pong things? No, it was, I'm telling you, it's nothing you've ever heard of.
0: Was it one of those things where it's like
1: <laughs> I'm white you. guys and a black girl and she has to like no. answer questions? You know what I'm no. talking about? Yeah, I know what you're talking I've about. I've seen was, those thumbnails. Nothing like that. No, 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 it was, it was, it was acting. It was, it was like a, it was like a TV series. But for, on YouTube? Yeah. Do you know what those people have done before?
0: As in like, yes. there was one YouTube web show I watched and I liked it a lot. And I'm going to ask, was it by those people who made the series where, like, there's a game show and a bunch of people are, like, in these, like, different cells and each cell has a puzzle? So it was not that? But do you know what I'm talking about? I don't. That was really good. That was highly <laughs>
1: produced. I can't believe you're not telling me. I'm a little upset, but okay, fine. I'm sorry. I just, I'm, I'm like, it, it was it was a great experience. It was so much fun. I mean, listen, like, why would I not do that? You know, I'm getting no. flown out in Airbnb. And I'm getting paid. Yeah, it's incredible. I'm like, yo, of course I'm gonna do this. It happens to be it, it was a very low budget. Whoa. It was it was a very low budget production. So like, I I don't know how I would feel about like advertising that I did this. I don't know why you're so like unless you did something embarrassing in
0: the video. I don't. know I don't why do anything embarrassing in the
1: video. It's just it's just like, like I, I I remember. Do you want me to close the window? Yeah, maybe close the window. <laughs> So, like, I remember when I was a kid, I made a YouTube video with my friend, Mm -hmm. right? And it was just, like, us being silly. Okay. Right? It wasn't anything, like, really embarrassing, Mm -hmm. but I just remember, like, being so embarrassed from the fact that, like, I'm doing something on on YouTube that people are watching that's not good. Mm -hmm. You get what I mean? Oh, 100%. When I was like, in, it's one thing. I would do silly things, if it was like done well. Mm-hmm. And this was not done well. This YouTube show. It, it, listen for, for for what they had. For what they had, I mean, they, they did a great job. I'm so curious. Uh, maybe, maybe I'll tell. you. When them. it comes out, can you tell
0: us? <laughs> maybe.
1: <laughs>
0: okay. I've done. When I was like in middle school, I I would play. I kind of figured out how I can like hook up my PS Four to my YouTube account. And do like a live stream. (gasps) That's so awesome. That's something I've been wanting to do for a while. No, you don't. Trust me. (laughs) This was like, I'm playing this video game, Just Cause 3, and I'm like kind of narrating it, and then I go and I post the video on YouTube, and then when I get to high school, my friends find out, and they're just making fun of me, because it's terrible. And the last five minutes of the video are me just struggling to turn it off. (laughs) Like like you see like the game's gone and I'm on like the PS4 help screen and I'm like, is it off now? Is it off? Let me, no, it's not off. And so that was something where like I I, I deleted that off my YouTube channel as soon as I figured out how to do that. And that's kind of it. Yeah, that's...
1: yeah. When did you
0: start like acting and like getting like these extra roles and... So like really started doing it? Three, four months ago. Oh wow, you made a lot of headway. Thank you. In three, four months, you be, you're be you like a boxing prodigy, like in a Billy Eichner movie, and David Dobrik's YouTube channel? That's crazy. <laughs> not David Dobrik's YouTube channel. Josh Pets? No, 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 no. I'm telling you, it's it's not- The no guy who thinks. got like hit in the face with a machine? The barber guy? David Dobrik's barber friend? Oh, Jeff, Jeff Wedick. Yeah, the guy Wedick. who like- psst, like, you know, he hit a crane with his face, that guy? Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Did he give you a haircut?
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> they made you sign an NDA that's so, like... Is that, like... I guess... I don't know if it's standard. I assume it's standard. Uh, yeah, it's it's standard. And also, like, I don't know how, how legit of an NDA it was. Like, it was... But, like, still, you know, don't want to... <laughs> no, you don't, don't want to make them mad. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um... So I mean, listen, we we got time if you're down. I'll do one more card. Alright. And sweet. then I, I like
0: I feel bad for the listeners. Like, I don't know how much <laughs> you're gonna edit this. This is how long have we been one? An hour and a half? Uh one twenty. Oh my god. Or like almost longer than the film Good Boys. Like that's an absurd <laughs> length to just hear me talk. Ooh, great question. Saddest memory from your childhood. Ooh. I gotta think about this one for a second. I, I also got I don't know if I feel comfortable sharing this on, on Saddest on, one? You can always cut it out. Yeah. Saddest memory. Um, ooh. It's probably death, right? Um, hmm.
1: Saddest one. I mean, I, I know mine. It was, it was the death of a friend. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. I want to pick a lighter card.
0: Part, oh, please, let, let I turn. can't think of something. We'll cut, like we'll actually cut that out. <laughs> you know how to edit now? Okay, where was the? Blues? Well, I don't know how to edit. but, but get the guy. <laughs> but does. Ooh, okay, this is a great one. What decision in your life felt scary at the time, but looking back was the best decision you could have made? So I know which one this one is for sure. So I'll go first. It's definitely high school. So I lived in Houston, and the only high school there was Barron which was kind of a co-ed not so religious school. And so most of my friends in like my community were going away for high school. So going, like choosing that school is definitely pretty scary. Cause I was choosing between like MTA and Skokie. And it was also like, I knew nobody really in either school. Mm. So definitely, definitely the biggest decision I've ever made. And so definitely pretty scary. And I chose Skokie because it was at the time was like more suited for out-of-towners Like they had like a cafeteria and they would just make food for the out-of-towners Which MTA didn't really have at the time MTA also only really had like 10 dormers and Skokie had 40 Mm. So I chose Skokie and immediately felt regret because it was like definitely just education-wise paled in comparison to what I thought MTA would be and at the time I like I thought okay this is terrible like I won't get into a good college and like, I won't learn anything, and, well, I, I learned stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, I made some of the best friends, like, I'll ever make in my life, and I got, like, almost full autonomy with the perm spiel. So, definitely best decision I could have made. Wow. That dude. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, what's, uh, do you have one? Do I have one? Or, I mean uh, I, I, decision? You know, like, I, I... I'm very happy with where I am in life and I would attribute that to like the sum total of all of my decisions, um, I gotta say like, like I decided, I think what started it off was the decision to go away for high school. You went away for high school too? I did. Oh, I thought you lived in Queens. No, I live in Miami. Oh, that's not Queens. Yeah, and you not have a Queens. A lot of options in Miami too, right? Like for we, high schools? Uh, not a lot of options, but, but You have like that Palgon one? Yeah, so that was one that I was in. Okay. I was I was there for middle school. Uh great place also. Um and I think the decision to go away for high school was like really the catalyst for my maturing. And that really made me start to think for myself
0: what um can you like kind of describe the schools in miami and then like why you chose to go
1: to queens so nothing against the schools in miami The schools in miami i mean especially now there's even more but back in my day sound like an old timer (laughs) back in my day um the days are different by the way they really are like there are
0: kids today like eight ten year old kids who haven't seen drake and josh like (laughs) Different,
1: <laughs> dude. <they're> different worlds. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Very different. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, what was I saying? That um, Miami schools back then. Oh yeah. So Miami schools are great. They, they, they had a solid. They had. They had pretty much ranging from from modern orthodox to to yeshivish schools. They and they had like everything in between. Um, and so like I definitely had my options there. But this school in New York, I, I, I every single time people ask me this question, I always feel so silly answering it. But this this school in New York is a school for gifted kids. Oh. Like smart
0: gifted or like yeah. talented gifted? Like smart gifted. Okay. Yeah. And I went there. <laughs> that's nice. So you went I mean that's cool. So you, you probably did you have any friends from Miami that went there or were you like nope. on your own? I was by myself. And then this was like an all-boys school. Yeah, dorm. Yep. Huh. I haven't. What's it called? Shar Hatora. And then where would
1: you say like, like how religious was it? Like, was it a button-down shirt school, a black hat school? Yeah. So, so it's interesting. It's it's like it's like right-wing YU. Okay. Where like it is button-down. Button-down is part of the colored button-downs, or is everyone just wearing white? Uh. So definitely mostly white, but you you had you know like always a bunch of colored shirts. And then
0: when you say gifted, I assume you mean like, I assume like the secular studies were pretty advanced there? Yeah. Okay, that's interesting because I feel like, they, and I'm definitely responsible for contributing to this stereotype, but I kind of feel like when you think of the more right-wing communities, you don't really it, think of exactly. them
1: valuing these like it, it, areas. It's very, very, sadly, it's very rare to find a school that finds a, a good balance between <laughs> the two. And Shara Torah has really got that down. They really have a very serious Limu de Kodesh and in, in English studies. How many kids were in your grade? There. Uh, uh, 28.
0: Okay, so it's like a little, Skokie's a little bit bigger than that. Skokie yeah. was like 35
1: kids But like, in grade. like, they keep it small. Oh, wow. They keep it small intentionally. What was like the Bukhina like? Was that intense? So, it, coming out of 8th grade, like, I didn't think it was intense, but like, other people have like, we were also a gifted child. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like yeah pe- pe- people get very nervous on the interview also it could be my interview is very different because mine was in Miami most people will take it in 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 the school they came to Miami to like advertise no so they, they don't go they don't go to advertise anywhere you know like I, I I wrote an article for the for the commentator and I I compared it to like the MIT of yeshivas' huh where like They don't they don't go out and try and advertise like you you go to them So then why they had you interview in Miami? So the the Rebbe who did the interviews uh, has his mother lives in Miami and He was down in Miami visiting her. So I was like perfect We just you know work this out and set it up and he was like, yeah, okay And so so I got interviewed in Miami. Are you the only member of your family to go away for high school? So my brother went to you heard of Waterbury. I have Yes, yeah, so my brother went to Waterbury for twelfth grade. Before okay. that, he was he was in Miami. I have a I, cousin who went to Waterbury in like twelfth grade. Okay, yeah, yeah it's uh, yeah. I, I feel like it's becoming like, what's that rule with like Kevin Bacon, the the movie at, rule? Uh, Six degrees of Kevin Bacon,
0: where Kevin Bacon has either worked with everyone or worked with everyone who worked with everyone. You have to. You pretty much you pick an actor, and then you have to get him to Kevin Bacon in six movies or less.
1: Yeah, so so basically that, but like I would say like two degrees for Waterbury. <laughs> in the Jewish world, I, I I would say that like everybody knows someone or knows someone who knows someone yeah. who's in Waterbury. I mean, the Jewish community is like huge. Right. It's it's not that big, but to 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 think of of one institution that that has just had so many people. Definitely out of, like, the yeshivas,
0: it's, like, that one. Like, yeah. I mean, anyone can probably... You could probably play that game with TABC, with Frisch. Like, when it comes to places with, like, yeshiva in the name, it gets a little harder. I hear that. I
1: hear that. But I, I, I feel like e- even in the modern Orthodox world, I, I I would say that, like, Waterbury is known. And... Yeah. And, like, I, I feel like everybody knows... Someone, or knows someone who knows someone. Probably not known for, like, the greatest reasons. Whether or not you agree with with their ideology or not, I'm saying they are known. Yeah. No, they're definitely, they're definitely known. I've heard of Waterbury
0: for a while. Yeah. It's cool. My family, like, everyone went away except my, so I went to Skokie, and then there was a girls' high school in Houston, but my sister didn't really want to go there because it was small, so she went to a... She lived with my grandma, went to high school in New York, and my brother goes to a Chavitz Chaim in St. Louis, and then my youngest sister, like, we're making her stay home. <laughs> like my parents are keeping one child.
1: Okay, that's cool. That's really cool. Yeah. Where do you fall in your family? What do you mean? Oh, I'm the oldest. You're the oldest? Yeah. Oh, cool. What about so you? You're a I'm number five of six. Really? Yeah. Number five? Yep, number five. You kind of
0: give off, like, oldest energy, because you're very, like, <laughs> the way, you, like, the things you've done, they feel very much,
1: like, independent, like making my own way things it's interesting you say that because i kind of see that more as a middle child sort of thing where like you, you kind of force yourself more so to like make make a name for yourself
0: yeah maybe i don't i don't I, know I, I see you going this isn't days. a hill i need to die <laughs> it on it's a middle child thing yeah <laughs> all right sweet okay well i think you know we can Thank you for having me. Uh, Yes, dude. So much fun. This was awesome. I hope you enjoyed this as much as I have. I had such a
1: fantastic time. I hope the audience enjoys it.